Hey, it's Mike, and this podcast is brought to you by my books. Seriously, though, it actually is. I make my living as a writer, so as long as I keep selling books, I can keep writing articles over at Muscle for Life and Legion and recording podcasts and videos like this and all that fun stuff. Now, I have several books, but the place to start is Bigger, Leaner, Stronger if you're a guy and Thinner, Leaner, Stronger if you're a girl. Now, these books, they basically teach you everything you need to know about dieting, training, and supplementation to build muscle lose fat, and look and feel great without having to give up all the foods you love or grind away in the gym every day doing workouts that you hate. Now, you can find my books everywhere. You can buy books online like Amazon, Audible, iBooks, Google Play, Barnes Noble, Kobo, and so forth. And if you're into audiobooks like me, you can actually get one of my books for free, one of my audiobooks for free with a 30-day free trial of Audible. To do that, go to muscleforlife.com forward slash audiobooks. That's www.musclefor.com life.com forward slash audiobooks and you can see how to do this. Now also if you like my work in general then I really think you're going to like what I'm doing with my supplement company Legion. Now as you probably know I'm not a fan of the supplement industry. I mean I've wasted who knows how many thousands of dollars over the years on worthless supplements that really do nothing and I've always had trouble finding products that I actually thought were worth buying and recommending. And well, basically I had been complaining about this for years and I decided to finally do something about it and start making my own products. And not just any products, but really the exact products that I myself have always wanted. So a few of the things that make my supplements unique are one, they're 100% naturally sweetened and flavored. Two, all ingredients are backed by peer-reviewed scientific research that you can verify for yourself because on our website we explain why we've chosen each ingredient and we also cite all supporting studies so you can go dive in and check it out for yourself. Three, all ingredients are also included at clinically effective dosages, which are the exact dosages used in the studies proving their effectiveness. This is important, of course, because while something like creatine is proven to help improve strength and help you build muscle faster, if you don't take enough, then you're not going to see the benefits that are seen in scientific research. And four, there are no proprietary blends, which means that you know exactly what you're buying. All our formulations are 100% transparent, both with the ingredients and the dosages. So you can learn more about my supplements at www.legionathletics, that's L-E-G-I-O-N, athletics.com. And if you like what you see and you want to buy something, use the coupon code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and you'll save 10% on your order. All right, thanks again for taking the time to listen to my podcast, and let's get to the show. Hey, hey, this is Mike, and in this episode of the podcast, I have a guest. I know, a big surprise, right? His name is Rue Anderson, and he is a nutritionist, is really what he, what he hones in on. And he's an author and speaker. He does seminars, and uh, he has some online coaching services and so forth. And he also has a popular health and fitness podcast, which I was on maybe a year ago or so now. And he reached out to me about coming on my show to talk about habits and how to uh, build good habits, how to undo bad habits and so forth. And this is something that I've written about uh, a little bit here and there and I've spoken about a little bit here and there, but um, I don't think I've done a specific podcast episode on it. So that's what this one is about. Let's get to it. Hey, Ru, thanks for coming on the show. What's up, Mike? How's it going? Uh, all is good over here. How are you doing? 
I am very well, not too bad. I have moved home since we last spoke. You were on my podcast, uh, well, it was a while ago, maybe a year ago or so. But yeah. I've moved home from uh, not so sunny England to not so sunny Amsterdam. So, uh, yeah, on the move for the next year, I think, just doing a bit of traveling, get some experience in. But, uh, yeah, it's good to connect again, man. Yeah, totally. And, yeah, we were talking about it previously. Uh, it's fun to fun to that you're, you're going to like Paris, I think. Yeah, that's the plan next after here. So hitting all the big European cities and just getting a bit, soaking a bit of culture up as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a bit of that when I was uh, in my 20s and my wife's from Germany. So I used to go over there fairly frequently when we were dating because we did long distance for about two years. And so I'd go over and we would go around and it was fun. It was good. I was glad I did it. Yeah, I think it's an experience if you can get the opportunity to do it, then, you know, get away, make it happen. And I think, you know, both with, with us as, you know, working online and things like that and doing the coaching, why not? Why not? Eh? Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so uh, in this podcast, just so everybody knows what we're going to talk about, is we're going to talk about more of the, the psychological aspect of getting fit and uh, kind of honing in on, on habits in particular because really, I mean, and this this, this extends beyond fitness. I mean, I'm, I'm very much a habit-oriented person. Like my friends always joke that I'm just a robot because I always just do the same shit every day, eat the same food every day. And there are reasons for that. I mean, it's a, it's a conscious choice. I wasn't always like that. When I was younger, I was, you know, I wasn't like, I was never really kind of out of control, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, my life wasn't as structured as, as it is now. And so I think this is an important topic to talk about because, um, it's not, I guess, you know, if you look at the, the health and fitness, uh, advice space in, in, in as a whole, the vast majority of the information focuses on the physical, you know, how to eat, how to train, what, what to do physically. Um, but there isn't all that much information on the, on the psychological side of things, uh, you know, related to, to motivation. Also how to, how to really make it a part of your life and how to adopt it as a lifestyle as opposed to something that, you know, you have to force yourself to do for, short periods of time or maybe longer periods of time if you have, you know, particularly good uh, self-discipline, but then where it all just kind of falls apart. And so as opposed to, because that, that, that kind of leads to the constant roller coaster type of experience where you get, you get going and, and you're, you're making progress and then, you know, you, you hit the, the dip and you, you lose it, you lose, you know, whatever progress you made and you feel like shit. And then you finally get back to, on, on the, on the right path and then rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And it, it could be a, just a demotivating, frustrating experience on the whole. So how do you, how do you go from that to something where, yeah, sure you have ups and downs, but where it's, everything is on a steady, uh, steady rise, you know? Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you. You've hit it on the nail, uh, head on the nail right away there, Mike, because I wasn't actually overly surprised that you said, that you like habits and you like routine because I'm exactly the same. I, I thrive on routine and lust that's, you know, my habits and my entire day is kind of like this collection of habits that I do every single day. Yep. And I believe that, you know, my, my, my success from in terms of my health and my nutrition and my training and the goals that I've set over the years from that have all stemmed from the habits, the, the habits that I've created. You know, I decide to get myself to the gym. I decide to, you know, eat healthily, but Obviously, there's there's more going on there. And the same goes for 
as you've said, it goes well beyond just eating better or, or training a bit harder. It extends right into all corners of our lives. That's why I'm such a, a big fan of habits and educating people on habits. And really, that's where I'm spending a lot of my time now, looking at that, that side of things and, and getting, getting people to truly understand that this is why you'll see success or this is why you won't see success when you're trying to make changes, particularly, obviously, as a, as a nutrition coach, in that area of space, okay? And, you know, I, I I love the fact that our habits are essential, really important to a healthy and lean body and all of those areas. And, you know, I really help people with those most essential nu- nutrition habits that they should be doing every day. And we can, by all means, touch on them as well, if you like. But sure, sure. I think, I think another common thing with habits is that People maybe perhaps think this is really basic, particularly maybe it's, oh, you know, you need mm. to make a habit of getting to the gym and or you need to make a habit of, you know, putting some vegetables on your plate. Yeah, they are habits that absolutely, if you aren't doing them, you need to build in. But ultimately, I feel habits are, as as, as we've already compared, you know, yourself and I, that we believe that habits are, are, are a huge part of our day already. And I would suggest, and you would probably say so too, Mike, that we're probably pretty advanced with what we're doing here with our nutrition and training, right? And I know you are, right? And therefore, you know, if that habit is doing more advanced stuff, like maybe, you know, hitting your sort of caloric intake or dialing in your macronutrient and food logging and stuff like that, that's all habits. Food logging is a habit and making sure that you do it. So I really think that, you know, any of the listeners that are tuning in here might think, okay, well, is this for me? I definitely do think that that's the case. And then the flip side of that, then some people aren't quite ready to, you know, really push through all of that customization information into their diets or stuff like that. And you can leave that to a side for later and really focus on these habits and review them as well. And really, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, about... Uh, well, I've been applying these sort of habit-based coaching to hundreds of clients for many, many years now. I've been testing them and experimenting with them and I'm modifying them till I could really get a bit of a system together and to help people truly get results from it. And I think you you touched it on it there as well, Mike, that if we can learn how to effectively form a new habit, we can really create or change anything that we want in our life. Would you agree? Totally. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, in many ways, uh, we're, people we people have habits, good and bad. And so really what we're talking about is if you're talking about making a change in your life, chances are you're talking about changing from your existing habits to healthier or better habits. There are, I mean, I don't know anybody that could say that they truly have no habits, that every day they wake up and every action they take is uh, is a new, completely randomly decided and determined action. Not at all. Everybody, you know, we all have our routines and we have our habits and some of our routines and habits are uh, more conducive to happy and healthy living than others. Well, yeah, you've, yeah, exactly. And this is why everyone can relate to it and and actually work with this type of system. And like you said, you know, the habits, we're all doing habits. Habits are formed really when actions are tied to a trigger by that sort of consistent repetition. Mm-hmm. So when that trigger's happening, we have that automatic urge to carry out the action. So everyone could maybe relate to these examples. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe when we wake up, which would be like a trigger, we go and brush our teeth. And that's a habit, right? That's, that's something I do every day. Right. And then when you maybe get to work, that's a trigger or whatever you do. You go and grab a coffee. That's a habit. And it happens every single time you do this. Or maybe linking it back to like our, our diets and stuff like that. Maybe when you get stressed out, that can be a trigger as well. It doesn't have to be something, uh, you know, obvious like that. You eat junk food. 
And then there's the habit. That's a popular one. You probably see it in, in your clients yeah, and people. Or, or out in social settings. If you're, you know, you, if you're out at a, at a dinner with friends or whatever, it's a trigger for eating all kinds of foods and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You just lose it completely. Right. So every day we're constantly going through this constant straight of triggers followed by habits and they happen then without us even noticing. And I believe then when people find themselves in a real tricky situation with their diets, with their nutrition, with their training and general lifestyles, that that's where they're going to have to really just take a step back and assess. Um, so how do we do it? Well, I think there's a couple of key cornerstones. The first one is understanding how the habits form. Obviously, I've already touched on that's through constant repetition over many, many years. It doesn't just happen in a week, a habit. And again, that's a difficulty with, you know, forming new ones or breaking bad ones. And then a second one is at first they were actually conscious efforts. You wake up, you're like, you know what, I better go and brush my teeth because, you know, I have to do that. But with time, they're going to become more automatic and less conscious. And what we have to study then in terms of looking what's going on in the inside of this is that there's a, there's a feedback loop is probably the best way of putting it. And that's encouraged us to repeat the habit for a good length of time. So I touch on that previous example that I said. So if you feel like stressed out and you go and eat junk food, which is the classic one, you might feel short-term pleasure or satisfaction. That's that's what happens, right? Junk, fe- junk food tastes good. Chocolate case take is quite nice. And that's when you get that positive feedback. But if you're stressed and you actually say, right, I'm going to eat well, I'm on a healthy diet regime or whatever it might be, and you stop yourself from eating that junk, you might remain stressed. And therefore, you're actually going to get naturally negative feedback from your body. Or you might even feel more stressed because you just fought with yourself and you, you won the fight, but you had to, you know, you're, you depleted your yourself of, you know, a bit more willpower or whatever. Exactly right. And you're just kind of like digging your own grave here. And that's because ultimately the body likes to take the path of least resistance. So it's going to consistently aim for that positive feedback and causing us then to really repeatedly carry out an action whenever that trigger occurs. So ultimately then, this is why improving our diets or our exercise routines or lifestyle consistently proves uh, proves so difficult for people as well. And that's why, you know, the health and fitness industry has such a high failure rate because if your diet is boring and bland and that's like the classic approach to eating healthy, it's like, yeah, I'm going to slap on a boring chicken breast and some boring broccoli on the side. That is going to be unpleasant to follow. Negative feedback comes in there. So when you give up and you eat your favorite foods again, whatever that might be, you enjoy it. You're getting a lot of positive feedback. Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like going celibate for you know whatever some period of time, <laughs> yeah. and then once you finally have sex and you're like, I am never doing that again. That was the worst <laughs> idea ever. That's it. And that's the way people are, Mike, with their nutrition and stuff like that, right? And again, I believe that's because they aren't understanding uh, the psychology behind it, or at least being educated on to expect that this is what's going to happen. So if you're currently, you know, listening in, you think, feeling that any of these changes you're making towards improving your diet or your lifestyle, then that feedback loop is going to be affecting you as well. And it normally ensures that we don't stick to these changes for very long. So it's also clear, I, I believe then, that this same feedback loop is actually creating bad habits too. As we're, you know, continually repeating certain behaviors, whether that's, you know, eating the cake, going out for, for meals or skipping exercise, sleeping in, whatever it could be, that's often going to become habits in time. And fortunately, then we can actually 
We can look at reversing that feedback loop in terms of how I help people understand habits a little bit more. All right, so really there's kind of four four real key components to kind of reversing that feedback loop. In terms of we were talking about positive feedback and negative feedback. So the first one then is we actually want to create positive feedback for habits that you want to actually form. And by this then, I mean, it's it's important to start with habits that you're going to enjoy. Absolutely. No question about it. If you right. hate, yeah, if you hate eating spinach, don't tell yourself that I'm going to eat spinach with every single meal. Um, you know, you want to really easily focus. Although on ironically, you can, uh, uh, who was it? I forget his name. There was a guy, I think, was it a book or was it a documentary? I saw this a while ago. Something like the man who ate everything or something like that. He was a chef. And, uh, he, it was just kind of like a little, a fun life experiment for him because as a chef, uh, he knew that he was limited in certain, uh, ways that because of the foods he didn't like to eat, like if he hated shrimp, for instance, I don't remember if that was one that he hated that, you know, he just doesn't, didn't feel he'd ever like really be able to make great shrimp dishes because he just didn't like shrimp. So he went and he basically made a long list of all these foods that he hated and he set up, I think it was over the course of a year, um, his schedule. So he would end up eating each one of these foods eight times, um, and, or multiple times. And the, and the significance of the eight though was in the end, he found that at about the eighth time, uh, he actually started to enjoy many of these foods. So it's, you know, worth, worth mentioning because a lot of people, they just like, we get a lot of meal plan. Uh, we do a lot of custom meal plans from pe- for people. And there are quite a few people that will specify no vegetables at all. I hate all <laughs> vegetables. And like, so there's a point where you, you, you know, you, you can, that's bad. Like, all right, well, let's learn to like some vegetables. I mean, if you want to like not get diseases and die, let's learn to like some vegetables here. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, do habits that you enjoy, but come a little bit out of your comfortable zone and it might have to be, you know, stuff that you previously didn't overly love. Right. Right. All right. Cool. All right. So the next part of that then is, okay, if we're doing something we enjoy, we're going to get a bit more positive feedback from it as well. But then what we want to do then is make sure that you're creating negative feedback for not doing the habit as well Mm. and therefore if you don't complete your new habit that day or i tend to say you know you should be doing a habit every single day there there should be like a small consequence for actually not doing so now obviously you know when i'm working with clients or or stuff like that i'm the kind of that accountability factor i'm there to create that negative i mean the fact that that they have to talk to you and say no i didn't do it yeah, that's it, right? But, you know, maybe if you don't have a coach or, or a friend that's maybe doing this with you, uh, one of my, my favorite ones is to basically go and print out, uh, it's like a calendar, a 30 day calendar, which has kind of got a box for maybe every day of the month. And then what you can find then is when you do that habit, you just put a big tick in it. Simple mm. as that. Yeah, yeah. And what I really find very effective with this is say you've done and completed that habit for 14 days, so a couple of weeks. And you've got all, all those nice big ticks in the boxes. And then one day you go, I can't be asked to do this habit today. And then you think, okay, well, you look at your, your, your tracker list or your sheet, your calendar, and then you've got to put that big red X in that calendar and you don't want to do it. Yeah. So it's a great way of just helping people, you know, even without a coach or a friend or an app or anything like that, just to be able to get started with this. And yeah, there, I think there's, that's there's research on that too, just as a, uh, consistency mechanism that psychologically you just don't want to break your chain. So <laughs> the psychological pain of, of not, not keeping it going can be greater than, than doing it. Yeah, hugely powerful. I love it. I you, love you it. You probably know about stick too, right? S T I two K. Stick with two Ks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Probably something yeah, that's worth mentioning. 
Because like yeah. setting up the financial incentive of not not you know not just losing money, but set it up so where if you don't do it, that you know you're going to donate X dollars to the KKK or something like that, like to a group <laughs> that you despise. That, that I think that's pretty clever. Yeah, it's really clever, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of them ones. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Um, all right, so that's our first couple. Our our third one, really to really really reinforce this, is to reduce negative feedback. For doing that habit. By this then, I mean your initial habit changes not must be not only must be something that you're actually enjoying, but also should be very easy to accomplish. It shouldn't be a huge hurdle. You're not going to go from sitting on the couch all day to entering your first powerlifting competition in three weeks. So really, ideally, you can achieve it with just a few minutes effort a day. That's what I'm talking about. You know, simple, easy habits. Uh, maybe it's, it's mini habits is the concept, right? Definitely. I think many habits are the way to go. So in my opinion, that's maybe eating more protein with every meal. Maybe it's, yeah. you know, drinking an extra liter of water to get hydrated every day. Maybe it's adding an extra gym session every week to your, or even before, routine. before a gym session. I mean, if depending on where the someone's at, it could be just waking up and, and doing 50 pushups, not necessarily in a row. Just you, you have to be on the floor until you've done 50 pushups or 30 pushups even. You know what I mean? Yeah, complete 50 push-ups an entire day. That could be something as well. Definitely. Yeah, it could be anything. And this is why I love about it. It's so, it's so, it could be personalized. Yeah. Lastly, then is you want to reduce positive feedback for not doing the habit. So if you don't complete your new habit that day, don't allow yourself maybe to do other pleasurable things. Mm-hmm. And that's going to reduce that, that positive feedback. So. I don't know. I mean, again, we could go anywhere with this in terms of what you might stop yourself in terms of pleasurable things. Again, that's going to be highly individual. TV watching is probably the most common thing, right? That's the perfect example. Yeah. If you don't do your habit that day, yeah, you don't get to watch Game of Thrones. Simple as that. Yeah. So that's really a kind of a four stage sort of system I like to help people really get their head around that sort of psychology really of, of what's going on with habits. And and from there, then, I've kind of put together a bit of a, a system which stems a little bit further from that. And really, it's what I use with my own clients and in my coaching programs and stuff like that. So I can break that down if you if you wanted to as well. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. All right. So it's it's kind of like a habit method or a habit system. So now that we, I suppose, we've got that understanding of habits and how they're really taking a hold of us every single day, I believe then, and we've touched on this, Mike, that... The first point of call, if you're thinking, you know what, this makes a lot of sense, this guy's speaking a bit of sense, is to to make sure that you're going to have success with it. And the biggest problem I see with habits and with taking this approach, and, and nutrition and health and fitness in general, is that people try and change their habits overnight. They try and have a complete overhaul of everything in terms of they go from, you know, maybe not creating any home cooked meals, not making many single ingredient foods or healthy yeah. foods. And then they try and it's like, it's like when you go into the grocery store and you're, you're super hungry and you just end up buying way too much stuff. Same kind like you get, you get so fed up with yourself that you're so hungry for change that it's time to change everything. Yeah. It's time to overhaul your entire life. <laughs> that, that doesn't work for a large majority of time, uh, for a large majority of people because it's just too much. Yeah, As we've I, I wouldn't. Said, even, I wouldn't even try that personally, and I and I think I'm I'm pretty good in this regard. And but there are areas of my life, like you know, we all delude ourselves in different ways and tell ourselves stories to justify our existence. And but I, I try to I at least be kind of self aware. And there are areas of my life that I am working on improving. But I'm the same way, where it's like I know that if I try to change too much in too fast in this, it's 
it's just not going to stick. And, you know, that's just the way it is. And I just accept it. I don't really think that it's a deficiency. It just is what it is. Yeah. And, and because we've just looked at why that is, you're going to get a lot of negative feedback coming through, even if you are working on it like we've just talked about. And all of that's just going to build up and build up and build up until you've got a surefire recipe for failure. So pick one at a time and achieve it. Just simply do yeah, that. Yeah. Go and tick that sheet off every day for 30 days and achieve one habit at a time. And and as, as I've said, it could be, it's very individual. It could be food logging. It could be eating more protein. It could be doing five body weight squats a day. It could yeah. be anything. But yeah. from there then, I, I highly recommend, and I'm sure you'll agree, is to have a plan. Basically, know what the heck you want to do. Take some time to think about um, your current triggers and your habits and those associated feedback loops. Mm-hmm. So what I mean a little bit more is I could touch on triggers as well in a couple of minutes if you want, because these are really interesting things, our triggers that are actually leading to all of the things that we do. But think about how this new small habit can actually follow a certain existing trigger and how you're going to overcome obstacles. Because one of the key things about the triggers is, or creating a new habit, I should say, is a lot of people say, all right, I'm going to drink um, an extra liter of water a day. But they don't actually plan for when that's going to take place. Uh-huh. And therefore, that's where the triggers come in. So like I've said, if you wake up, you go and brush your teeth. You yep. need to create a trigger that goes before drinking that extra liter of water or yep. doing that five press-ups. And just so to that- throw it in, so one of my things, like I wake up, the first thing I do is I drink about two cups of water. Snap. So, so a, a good place to start then if you're trying to drink more water, like, okay, cool. That's easy. You wake up. You, I just go straight to, to water. I go straight to water as well. Don't you feel like a different person after a glass of water in the morning? Yeah. I mean, cause you know, you're parched and it's, it's, I don't know where I picked that up randomly. I was like, I like that idea, even though I actually drink quite a bit of water, but you know, just drinking first thing has become something that is, uh, for what, it, for some, something, something simple. It's enjoyable. Yeah, I do as well. It's one of my favorite little tips people maybe ask for you. Like, what's your best tip to give away? I just say, have a glass of water straight away when you wake up. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. So next one then is is to really understand, like I've said, do that habit immediately after the trigger for 30 days. There's a bit of, well, there's different information out there on how, how long it actually takes to form a habit. You'll read right. sometimes it takes, what, a few days to a month to maybe even, you know, six months. Yeah. From my understanding and from my experience, I believe 30-day mark is just a, a really good place for the large majority of people, particularly when it comes to our diets and our nutrition and things like that. Okay. And therefore, I think building in a reminder, maybe such as a, an alarm or a calendar notice, and try to never skip it as well. So the more consistent that you are, the stronger the habit will be. So people say, do I have to you know, do this every single day, seven days a week? Yeah, I really do recommend you do that. At the least, maybe six out of the seven, you can give yourself a bit of a leeway on yep. there, maybe one day a week. So it's not about being perfect, but it's about being consistent too as well. And I suppose another tip really here is to to try and stay accountable. You know, there everyone needs some support and accountability. And even if you've just set yourself this small habit change, you think, you know what, I can tackle this, I can this should be easy. You know, something you need to think about is there, there, there are people there that can help you. There's social groups. They have, you know, built in positive feedback. Yeah. They provide motivation. You get accountability. There's lots of great habit apps out there as well that you can literally then, if you don't want to use a sheet, you're a bit more technology. Um, you can do, just do you have any one or two or three or whatever that you like particularly? Um, I actually use one with my coaching guys. Uh, it's called habitry.com. Okay. You have a look at that, but I'm, I'm not sure if that's available to the public or it's just the coaches who are coaching clients with habits 
I think it could be. I think you can get different options on there, but I think it's habitry.com. Okay. Uh, and then the next one is test, measure, and tweak. Last sort of recommendation for that there is that always be open to making you know some ongoing adjustments to your new habit as well. It's not always going to be right from the first time around. Maybe, you know, 50 press-ups every day was just too much for you. Maybe three liters of water was too much for you. And you assess your progress with it, and it's it's okay to feel, get changed, and make it success next time around. So that's kind of a, you know, four or five strategy sort of system that I really like to help my clients with there, Mike. Yeah, that's great. And um, now on triggers, I wanted to, I admit a note here. So talking about triggers, I think there's something to be said for the environment and how much that can trigger your behavior. So if somebody is stuck in habits that they don't like right now or the habits that they want to change, uh, I think that it can be very profitable to look over your environment and with an eye to those triggers. And uh, in my opinion, it's easier to avoid temptation than it is to use willpower to overcome it. Um, there's a, there's a quote that, uh, I, uh, I, I recently read a, a biography on John Rockefeller senior, the guy who started the whole standard oil empire, blah, blah, blah. And he had quipped in there that the reason why he had never become an alcoholic is because, is because he never took the first drink. And, uh, <laughs> he was, he, he was joking, but he actually was a teetotaler. He, he was, he was serious, but he was like kind of joking. Um, but I, I think there's a, there's some wisdom in that, in that, uh, it's going to be much harder to, you know, let's say change, if you're trying to change your nutrition habits, if your environment is full of triggers that lead you to eating poorly. So again, those can be social situations. Those can be, you know, it could be at work. It could be your friends. Um, and that can apply to any area in life. I, mean, I know, I know quite a few people that, I mean, I've seen this, of course, with working with a lot of people in, in, in the health nutrition, the, the sphere of health nutrition, but also just in life in general, people that, are having trouble building careers and building businesses and making money. And, uh, when, when, when you kind of look over their environment and look at their, their triggers between their friends and between their routines and whatever, I mean, they're, they're just, they just waste so much time on, on, on pretty pointless shit. Um, so I, I'm sure you've come across that in terms of like, sometimes you have to make, it's the easiest thing is to, is to make a, a, a change in what, trigger what are you exposing yourself to on a day to daily basis and how does that affect you and if you know that something is a bad trigger that, that it's very hard for you to resist that it's much smarter to just avoid it completely yeah you're very you're, you're right on that one particularly with that sort of overall environment and when people find themselves in those bad places with their nutrition or their lifestyles or all of that sort of side of things uh, a simple one could be oh you end up you know in the pub after the or in the bar, whatever you guys call it, in the bar after after work, yeah. And you're you're having that beer, and you're like, why am I in the pub having this beer again? I, I seem to end up here every day. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to stop going to the pub. And again, that's maybe you know a bit of a bad habit. And people then, or go, maybe it's not- even a person. Maybe it's the person on the way out that you see it. In, and if it's a, an individual that is always trying to get you to do that, and you have to avoid that person. I mean, I I'm also a big believer in. I mean, I'm very uh, picky with the people that I uh, allow into my life because as much as uh, I I like to think that I'm pretty independent and pretty strong-willed, but no matter who you are, you are definitely subjected to the influence of the people around you. And there are quite a few different uh, characteristics that I would not want to kind of, you know, get through osmosis through other people. 
Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I'm really looking at here as well. Is that most people would say, "Oh, I need to stop that bad habit. I need to stop going to the bar. I need to stop going for a beer." But really, like you've just said, you've got to actually look before that. Look at the events, the consequences, the people, the triggers that are actually triggering you to end up in the bar having a beer instead of going to the gym. Yep. Uh, and like you said, it could be someone at work who just says it could hey, be social so- media. You know that when people how sitting on Instagram and looking at everyone else's fake image crafted lives and sitting there and stewing and jealousy and envy and anger and and then it just puts you down which there's research on this that people that spend the majority people people that spend the most time on social media are also the unhappiest and you know so that's another example of a trigger that i've seen and i've spoken to people i know about it and they just don't i don't know they 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 don't even disagree but they can't stop like they just are obsessed with comparing themselves to other people i don't know yeah, social media is a habit, a habit. I, you know, I speak to a lot of people and you and I are very similar, Mike. It's scary. Um, <laughs> I, I can't stand social media. I hate, I hate social media. I, hate I spend no time on it outside of work. I use it to, to communicate with, uh, people, with, with people like the, in from, from a work, you know, work capacity, like, you know, fans and readers and followers and stuff. I think it's fine yeah. for that. And I do, you know, use it a little bit to promote things, but personally, I don't do, I don't use it at all. Yeah, same as me. I've got my pages on there, and if someone reaches out to me, I'll get it. I'll see it. I'll respond to it. Exactly. But if you, if you, you know, you won't see me flicking through my news feed on any of those social media platforms. You won't find any social media icon on my phone. You won't see push notifications coming through on any of the platforms. I, I just think it is such. Aside from, like you've said, just a bad habit and and comparing people's highlight reels, it's just a time suck. Yeah. It's not a productive place to be to spend your time in, and yeah, it's like and it's said, not even it's not even productive from the viewpoint of of relaxing or you know because unwinding there's there's uh, decompressing there there's a, there's a value in that but it 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 in many ways it just winds people up even more. Oh yeah, it does. It does. I I, know I speak to people and they say the first thing I do on a morning when my alarm goes off is I open up my social media and I flick through them. The last thing I do at night when I yep. go to bed is flick through my social media. And I'm like, that is one of the the worst habits that you've probably got yourself into. And therefore, that should be one of you know a focus area for you to you know just free yourself from that and to greatly improve your health. And, you know, that's what I do. I spend a lot of time helping people with their health. And, you know, it's not always eating more protein or counting macros. It's, it is simple things like that. So, yeah, it's funny that you think. And I think when it comes then to, to forming those habits or breaking old ones, it has to be done consistently. It's not just, oh, I did that last night, but I still want to go on social media or I still want to, you know, go to the pub. That's always going to happen. And I think, if you already know what habit you wish to really form or you want to actually break down that we've discussed, it's time to really look at that trigger or to add a trigger to it as well, definitely. And when you want to carry out this habit, is it's a real it's a real critical aspect to finding the right trigger, in my opinion, and deciding which time of the day, like we've said, is best for you. And ideally, here's a key point with the triggers, that it's already ingrained into your daily routine. So that mm-hmm. trigger is something that will happen yeah. every day already um something that you do every day about the same time without fail so obviously we've already said some examples mike like waking up and brushing your teeth or taking a shower eating breakfast commuting commuting to work commuting home yeah. cooking dinner all of those little things they're all sort of triggers that you want to attach your new habits to and you know there's many many more examples of course and your own your own routines will highlight those as well but 
you know, match that trigger to your new habit. Make sure that they're both happening consistently. And that's where you're going to see the best success with it as well. And, you know, if you want to conduct, I don't know, 20 minutes exercise in the morning, then perhaps do it straight after brushing your teeth every day. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you know, prep some new meals for the working day ahead, then do it straight after you get home from the day before. So follow your habit after the trigger. And I think you will really see a lot more success. Yeah, I agree. I think there's also something to be said for, because uh, what we're talking about here is um, looking looking at the, the the bigger picture and going. You know, we have delayed gratification here to 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 achieve something in the future. And you know, there's a, quite a bit of research on uh, us as humans. We're just bad at this. We're bad at at uh, f- really working towards something that is going to pay off. You know a year from now, two years from now, whatever. And we're much more just hardwired, it seems, to gravitate toward instant gratification. What's going to make me feel good right now? And I think there's value in working to break that. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a, it's just a, it's a, it's a flaw. I mean, it just is, it's just a, maybe, it, maybe it's also just tied into modern living and our brains are just not made for, you know, look at, look at, look at how much, uh, our lifestyles have changed just in the last couple hundred years and a couple hundred years in terms of, you know, the bigger picture revolution where we've come from is nothing. So now we have this world that is full of distractions. It's full of just instant push button dopamine. And, you know, you have to be aware of that and you have to watch out for that. And it's, it has become uh rarer and rarer to find people that have that mentality and that are going to say, well, maybe I would, there's something in me that wants to do this other, that wants to just sit on social media for the next hour and flick through Instagram and, you know, think a bunch of nasty thoughts about people. Uh, but I'm going to ignore that because I'm working toward this thing over here, which, you know, yes, it's going to require, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be there for a year, but I'm going to be much happier when I get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely do, mate. Yeah, and again, I could sit in front of social media all day and kill my day, or I could decide to give you a message and say, how about we hook up again and do a podcast and get some great information out to people and help people and get more meaning in our lives and you know see a return on that as well. And I think some people, Mike, I don't know if you would agree, I think some people are happy with maybe sitting on social media all day and doing that side of things. I, I don't know if they're happy. I mean, I don't, I personally don't know anyone that I would say is happy. I'd say that I know people that have sunk into a kind of numbness, a kind of a general apathy in life where they're just like, quote unquote, don't care about anything. Uh, but that's not, I mean, that's I, not happy. That's yeah. not happy. I mean, I think it's hard to maybe define what happiness is, but I think happiness is a, uh, an outgrowth of pursuing goals that matter to you, that have meaning to you, making progress, you know, kind of, Going back to the idea of flow, where you are spending your time doing things that are challenging you, that uh, you're getting immediate feedback on, you, you know, you can see your progress and you, you lose yourself in, um, and you don't, that you just don't get that experience watching YouTube videos all day. No, what gets me out of bed in the morning is being able to create something and be able to pass that on. That's what, that's what gets me out of bed and it's not social media or anything like that. So, and I suspect, most people, I think most people that listen to podcasts are people who are a bit more proactive yeah. with their lives and with yeah. their careers and stuff like that. So that's why I love podcasting. I do because I, I, I love, I listen to podcasts every day. I don't know about you, Mike, but 
I don't, I don't listen to much podcasts. I, I listen to audiobooks more than I listen to podcasts, but I have like a whole kind of, like I, I do audiobooks with, with Kindle. Sometimes they're synced, sometimes they're not. But like, so if I'm driving, I'm listening to an audiobook. If I'm making food, I'm listening to, if I'm walking my dogs, but I do, I do, um, my podcast is kind of random. Like there are certain, if I come across certain people who I find interesting, then I'll look for interviews. But, uh, yeah, I've just, I'm more into audiobooks personally. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Again, you can get a lot of different suggestions. There's a lot of stuff, you know, conflicting information around podcasts, particularly if you're toing and froing with them. So yeah, you could end up in a bit of a overwhelmed, uh, conflicted state with listening to too many podcasts, particularly around nutrition and stuff, right? And, and health. Just stick to Mike's and mine. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, shall we quickly, uh, I've got like a five-step system I think that maybe your listeners might be interested in if they've enjoyed this stuff that, that they could get started with and basically go, right, I can, I've got like a little system I can get involved with here to really review their own steps to actually creating some awesome habits and swapping the bad ones for the good. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go over it. All right. So the first one is really looking towards reviewing. That's what I'm, that's where I'm at. And that's why I recommend everyone starts with. So, have a big review. Take a step back. And that's sometimes the hardest bit. A lot of people, like we've said, just talked about, they don't want to take that step back. But I reckon, I reckon your listeners do. And have a look at your current situation. And many people just want, you know, start making, like we said, taking action right away and jumping into big changes. So miss this important step entirely. Or our daily habits maybe have become so ingrained and second nature that we're going to totally miss out on realizing what bad habits they are or we actually have. So right at the start, then, if you're thinking, yes, I want to take some action on this, you should, you know, list out all of your daily habits, the things you find yourself doing every single day. Yeah. I've done this lately and it's fascinating. It's incredible because I am a routinely guy. I can map it out pretty quickly. And, you know, I, I even mapped out, you know, both the good and the bad. And I suggest you do as well. Yeah. And, you know, this could include things right from brushing your teeth, maybe even mindlessly snacking between meals. Yeah. And this is what this whole process is here to pull out. And being aware of your current habits is that first step to really enable you to personalize the changes that you are going to make. So write it down, put it down. And then the reason why I recommend getting it down onto paper is then the second step I, I suggest you take is now you've got that list, it's time to look at its contents in a lot more detail. And this is where I recommend that you identify basically the good and the bad, the winners from the losers. And if you can create like, I suppose, two simple columns, two basic columns, A4 sheet, whatever you've got, and write down the habits and practices that you're already doing. And that's going to support you in achieving your goals in the next three, six, and 12 months, whatever it might be. And then in the other one, the habits that you're doing that's not going to support your goals. And now you've got this really distinctive two categories. And from there, I recommend that you look at why you do each of them. So for every habit on that list, you should work through each of them and ask yourself, why do I do this every single day? Yeah. And, and you might have to actually ask yourself that why question several times to really get to the core of why you do it. Yeah, this is something that I I wanted to touch on. Definitely, Mike. Yeah, because, for example, you may... Because you're probably say, the first qu answer is going to be your diluted <laughs> yeah. bullshit answer that you've been giving yourself. 
Yes, the first one's a bullshit answer. Absolutely. You've got to dig deeper. So maybe an example, like I said, what was it? Um, mindlessly snacking. Yeah, right. maybe you're mindlessly snacking in between meals or classic ones on an evening, which could be good or bad. I don't know. But ask yourself what the motivation is for actually doing that. Now, like Mike's just said, right, you've got to dig deep because perhaps you decide first time when you go, why? Uh, you think it's because you're skipping lunch at work most days and you're super hungry by the evening, then you should dig a little bit deeper to understand the core reason why you skip lunch at work. So perhaps you just aren't prepared enough. That's actually the reason you're lazy or you just have nothing with you to eat. And, or maybe actually you just feel too busy to stop and eat. People just, you know, think they've got too much on. They haven't made time in it as well. And, and therefore, you know, like I'm saying, you're peeling back a few of your layers about that why and getting a little bit deeper with it. And from there, then you really want to focus on replacing. So you should now have that, obviously that detailed list of your daily habits and why ultimately you're doing them. So you can clearly see the ones that should be, you know, progressing you and your goals. And obviously the ones that are holding you back and they're likely to be the things that you may have wished to eliminate for many, many years. So you've now got that opportunity and particularly from the information, you know, we've shared earlier on, get this right and get it going the right way for a long time. So for example, perhaps you decided that you want to eliminate that mindless snacking on an evening or during the day or whatever it might be. You therefore look to swap that bad habit with a good one, something that will be truly supportive that you can do daily, like we've said. So if you're skipping lunch every day because you're not prepared, then your new and supportive habit should be to ensure that you always, always make a lunch on the morning or evening before. Simple as that. Or maybe if you've decided that you're too busy to stop and eat lunch, then your new habit is to block out all other distractions and appointments to ensure you have enough time each day for a lunch break. Sometimes that's one of the best tips I give people. It's like, I skipped lunch, I didn't have time for lunch today. I'm like, make time. Make that a habit and do it every day. And we start to see a lot of progress. So now you've got a personalized approach to really changing those habits and a deeper understanding of your triggers and yep. the good and the bad. And of course you can now start. I mean, another, another example could be, I mean, if you're skipping lunch that, you know, if that's the, if the, the skipped lunch is the trigger and the, and the response is mindlessly snacking instead, a better response would be a larger dinner that you are accounting for. You know what I mean? So like yeah. if, if you normally would have eaten 500 calories for, for lunch, let's just say whatever, uh, if, if, if you are, not going to eat lunch, then instead of the response of, well, then I'm just going to, you know, I've, I, I can now eat a bunch of random snacks is you take those 500 calories and shift them to dinner. Now, maybe that would be considered a little bit quote unquote advanced, but that's something that once you get more familiar, once you get more comfortable, uh, you know, with your routines and when you have everything kind of moving in the right direction, that, that there's nothing wrong with that. Like I do that. I mean, I don't skip lunch because I just kind of like to eat lunch, but uh, like that's what I would do personally, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you can, you can personalize it to you where you are right now. It yeah. doesn't have to be, there's probably a lot of listeners who go, Rue, I never miss my lunch, but like you, Mike, I like it too much, but it's just an example. Absolutely. And if you're more advanced and you're, you know, progressing in your weight training and you've got your, your progression system in there or your calorie cycling or anything like that, then yeah, all of that can come in. Definitely. Okay, great. Well, we've covered a lot. Um, let's yeah. just uh, let's wrap up with where can people find you and find your work, and how can they reach out to you? 
Yeah, thanks, man. Um, hopefully it's been of, of help, obviously, to your listeners. I hope it has. It's been interesting and picked up some new stuff. I have a couple of podcasts of my own. I'm a big podcast fan, as as you know. Um, obviously, if you tune into podcasts, you can come and check that out. It's called the High Performance Living Podcast, or you can just search Rui Anderson. Or if you are obviously a personal trainer or working in the health and fitness industry and want a bit more nitty-gritty information about the industry and how to make it a success, you can also check out my podcast, FitPro Masterclass podcast as well. So I got a couple of podcasts, love just getting on a microphone and, and putting out some great information like Mike does every week as well. Or if you want to just head straight over to my website, get learn a bit about me, what I get up to, and uh, I've got some cool sort of giveaways on there as well and ebooks is exceednutrition.com as well. So E-X-C-E-E-D nutrition.com. Great. And social media? <laughs> yeah. Social media. Yeah, of course. I'm on there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Me too. I, I joke. I'm just bad at social media. Like I, I, with Instagram and stuff, I just, I'm not narcissistic enough to like do the standard fitness thing where every day it's just a selfie from a different angle or something. And I'm like, and, and my life is too boring. So I can't, I can't really you know, give the vicarious uh, voyeuristic type of thrill because, again, my life is the exact same thing every day. Here's me getting up. Here's me drinking water. Here's me going to the bathroom. Here's me taking a pre-workout. Here's me getting in my car, driving to the gym. Here's me driving to the office. Here's me standing at my desk for the next 10 hours. Here's me driving home. Here's me eating food. Here's me sitting on my chair on the computer for the next three hours. Here's me going to sleep. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the, my life before I left for yeah, At uh, least you're traveling. Travel. At least you have like, at least you could take a picture now and be like, hey, here's something other than uh, the same road that i see every day for the forever yeah my 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 social media mic's hotting up right now it's getting good actually i've got some ideas again all right so then where can they find you <laughs> uh basically obviously facebook i've got a page on there they can pump in uh rue anderson obviously in there i've got a page just called cool. that it's probably the best place to connect with me on facebook and obviously rue anderson basically across all the networks really is probably okay, the, the cool. easiest one on twitter and instagram but i think if you want some of the the best stuff is to, to head onto my facebook page and you'll see stuff there well thanks for taking the time rue and i'm sure everybody uh got some value from this discussion because this is a subject that i've written a little bit about and i've spoken a little bit about but i don't think i've done a real in-depth kind of um analysis of it so yeah it's been cool i've uh, i've loved it i can talk all day about this so thank you yeah thanks again